Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time. It's time in so many different ways. Time for players only. We got Joe Mays in the house. What's happening, everybody? And I am Danon Hughes, two former Chiefs who knows what time it is. Yep. It's time. Time. To get over the hump. They got over a big hump this past weekend. <laughs> but they got a big hump this coming up this weekend, man. Oh, it's yeah. time, though. Yes. I'm ready. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm ready, too. I'm ready. I think the guy's ready, too. But well, we're here back again. Another Thursday evening, 6 to 7 p.m., players only. Joe Mays, eight-year vet. Multiple teams played with the Chiefs. And I am here, Danon Hughes, six-year wide receiver. Former wide receiver with the Kansas City Chiefs, still connected to the organization, still love the town, still amped. Still live here. Still live here, still yeah. amped for our Chiefs. Oh, man. And I got to contain myself, man. I can't, <laughs> I can't peak too early, bro. It's, <laughs> it's getting to me. My stomach started turning. But that last game. Oh, man. Chiefs versus Texans. There's been so many memes. And, hey, I talk so much trash uh, just in life. I guess uh-huh. I've I've retweeted, reposted, sent out so many of the different hilarious memes out there about this Chiefs Texans game, yeah. how they gave it up, and uh, just the the bevy of emotions that we went through watching that game. I'm sure I wasn't there at Arrowhead; I was out of town. But I know that the fans, as passionate as they are, as desperate as we are, yeah. They 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 slept well that night. I oh, bet they man. did. They were sleepy after that game. They they slept well that night, going through all those emotions. Desperate. I think that's the that's the biggest one that you said thus far. Because <laughs> you know, looking at that first quarter and seeing how everything played out, I mean, it was it was it was desperation time. I think at that point, if you were any other NF any other team in the NFL, they fold. Oh yeah, you go down twenty four zero. You're absolutely folding. There's no way you can get your confidence back. There's no way you can come back in this game. But luckily, the Chiefs are the best second-quarter team in the NFL. Man. The best. Yeah, I mean, they did everything wrong in the first quarter. They did everything wrong, and that's when you want to make all of your mistakes early on. Early in the game. You don't want to make any big, big mistakes later on in the game because that can definitely cost you the game. Now, granted, we sit here and we talk to you guys each and every week about them playing mistake-free football. I mean – that was that was the most mistakes. I mean, yeah, that was the most mistakes you'll ever see in the, in the first quarter by this Chiefs team. I think it should. I would say ever. I don't want to. I, I mean, I would love to say ever. Yeah, you got drop passes. You got drop passes. Pump punts. A block punt. Month a muffed uh, punt, uh punt kickoff return. return and a block punt. Yeah, all all those happened every every in last, the first fifteen in minutes the first of the game. Fifteen minutes of the game. They were down 14-0 within the first, what? There three? were people that hadn't even gotten settled in their seats yet. Yeah. And they were down 14 nothing. Yes. 
with all the momentum on the other side. But what when you talk about what was the worst aspect of it, like you mentioned all those different aspects were worse, what was the best is that you never saw the players get down on themselves. Mm-hmm. You never saw any kind of freaking out on the sideline. You just saw them rally. Yep. And it's almost like that young being vigor, you know, that young vigor, that young energy that they don't know. They don't know yet how to – they haven't experienced enough, you know, bad times right. to know how to sink into that dark place. They were just rallying each other. And then you had the the, the big catch by Travis Kelsey when he flexed to the fans. Mm-hmm. Then you had McCole Hardman, the big return. Yeah. And you just huge. see play after play being made, more energy being redirected into the stadium, uh, and the fans becoming more rabid. Uh, as opposed to frustrated as they were earlier, justifiably so. Yep. Uh, it was just a treat to watch. I was in a I was in a restaurant. I was in Scottsdale uh, with a bunch of buddies. I was in a restaurant. I came out of my jacket. I'm pacing up and down in the restaurant. Everybody's looking at me like, Dana, what is this really happening? Um, <laughs> yeah. And and I was beside myself. And then all of a sudden, it was like the light turned on. I said, All we did is one one touchdown. Just yep. get one touchdown. Got the first touchdown, Damian Washington, I believe, and then the steamroll started. Oh man, I mean, you know, it, it was it's amazing to see a team not not give in. You know, like I said earlier, you know, most teams would have caved in, they would have gave, they would have given up, and the game was over. But to you know have not only the players just so excited and just you know seem like okay, what adversity are we going through? Yeah, I don't think we're going through anything. They didn't frown. They didn't, you know, they didn't bash. They didn't bat an eye towards each other. You it wasn't know, they didn't any complain. It wasn't any, uh, you know, pointing fingers nah. on the sidelines. And, nothing. And I give uh, Coach Reed the credit for that because oh, yeah. he's always a cool customer. You know, it doesn't matter what's going on. He's never gonna. He's never gonna show you his true feelings. Yep. He always hold him inside. He shows no emotion, and that's the perfect poker player. So, and you we, even saw that from. Um, from Patrick Mahomes, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you know, a couple of those balls he threw were perfectly thrown balls that got dropped. You didn't see him make any kind of drastic gestures, or no body language, anybody. or yeah. screaming at He just jogged off the field and like, okay, yeah, well, we got to punt, or we got to, you know, we got to turn the ball over. It's an amazing group of guys when you can look at the game and say, and, and just, you know, they're, con- they're continuing to have fun. Yeah. And then to also have the fans get into the game, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, being down 24-0. And then, you know, completing the pass for a first down and the fans are getting super into it, that fueled the players to continue to go out there and play well. And, uh, you know, those guys, they don't they don't know what adver- adversity is. Nope. There's no such thing as adversity. Um, and you love to have a team um, that feels that way. Yeah, absolutely. And there were some big plays that were made. Man, and, yeah. And you know, I started to think about, you know, we, we obviously had some very blessed careers, uh, nothing to the level of a Patrick Mahomes or any of the superstars of Travis Kelsey. But – you know, I wanted to ask you, uh, on the level, on that stage, I played in an AFC championship, mm-hmm. obviously played in multiple playoff games, but on that stage, when you look at Daniel Sorensen, the plays that he made, yep. McCole Hardman, you can go through the list of guys that made impactful plays. Can you think of a time where you made an impactful play on that kind of stage uh, that you remember to this day? Yeah, I mean, you know, Getting a team off the field on th- on third and short, you know they they go they're going to run the ball. They're thinking they're they're big versus our big. They they got the they got the game in hand, but to be able to get a nice stop and stuff them right in the hole for a two yard loss, 
you know, just to see them punt the ball and just for our offense to get the ball so we can go down and score the, the winning, you know, the winning points for the game. I mean, you know, that that type, those type of plays, they really get you, you know, amped up, you know, through the, the rest of the game. And it also, you know, it gets your teammates up and going too. So, I mean, you always want to be in a position where when the play is right there to be made, make it. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, I mean, once again, you know, you're playing against professionals each and every week. So, you know, I mean, it's, it may be some plays that you may miss, which a lot of guys, you know, I mean, it happens. But when you're in that position to make that play to change the game, you got to make it. Yeah, and, and you know what? It was so matter-of-fact, too. It was like, you know, when you, when you hear the interviews after the game from Sorensen, he was like, that was my responsibility. Yeah. I did my job. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it wasn't like he was pounding himself on the chest. Now, coming off the field, he was pointing to his helmet, you know, being too smart. Right. And I like that gesture he and the Honey Badger do. Uh, that they're they're outsmarting or they're too smart for whatever uh, the uh, the opposing team is trying to throw at them, but outside of that, it was just business as usual. Now yeah. he's a vet; he's one of the older guys out there. He's a vet, but the just the mindset of hey, mm-hmm. that's what that's what I'm supposed to do. This is right. my job. This is what let me roll. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it, you know, and I remember I played in the the prior to this last run. Uh, you know the. Uh, AFC playoff game back in 1994, 93 season, 94, Joe Montana. We drove the field against the Steelers. My first catch ever was on that last drive mm. to get us to go to overtime to win the game. Yeah. So I was mainly special teams, got some s- splashes on offense, but we were in two-minute offense, tandem, four receivers, and I got the call on a deep square out, made a catch. That's my big play. That that was on that drive. Yeah. But then to be watching and witnessing this team and all of these guys making bigger plays. I mean, that was just a regular play for a first down. Right. These, these guys are making touchdowns, tackles, sniffing out fakes, and just doing it like a championship team yeah. should do it after their backs are against the wall down 24 nothing, And they're only doing a job. Yeah, and that's what, and that's basically what they're saying. Yeah, they're they're excited kids out there. They're excited young, young adults that are out there playing football, and they look like they're having a blast. Mm-hmm. Even when they were down twenty four nothing, when they got the first touchdown, it was like they were still in the playground, like they didn't know any better. And that to me is just as impressive as anything else. Oh yeah, I mean that's about the only time that you can score a touchdown, be down twenty four. And you know, celebrate. Yeah, and, and pounding chest. Yeah, I mean, getting getting in, you know, connecting with the fans yeah. and getting everybody riled up. Like we're not done yet. Like yeah. get like that boxer that gets knocked down in the first round. You know, what I mean they, that. Hey, I'll shake it off, and I'm gonna come back. I'm not done yet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because you don't want to be down 24 and it's late in the game, and then you score a touchdown and you celebrate. I mean, people looking at you like you're silly. Yeah. But I think that you know, with these guys, they just show that they're you know that there's no such thing as adversity to them. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to let the fans know, look, we in this game. I mean, there's no way. It's not over yet. It's not over until we say it is. And I think the fans em- embrace it. Oh, yeah. Because they, they, no matter how much of a business the NFL is, no matter how much you see on TV and you know how much guys make and, and you know what kind of a business it is, I think fans embrace the fact that they see young people playing a game and having fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, winning always helps. But I, I know for me – I got kids that play sports. I know when I when I see that they're having fun and they're doing it at a high level, that's more important than what's on the scoreboard. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's like there's a there's a satisfaction in knowing 
that there's a kid out there or multiple kids that have been blessed with some God-given ability that 99% of the world probably doesn't have. Mm -hmm. And instead of taking themselves too seriously and uh, maybe making it a, a negative experience for the people that are watching, they're having fun. And I can laugh with them. I can dance with them. I can... I can shake with them. I can, you know, they're clapping beers and, and Eric Fisher's pouring beers over, uh, you know what I mean, doing the Stone Cold yeah. uh, celebration. And he approved it, by the way. He did? Yeah, he approved it. There you go. So, oh, yeah. I mean, so we got the text line open, 69306. And the phone lines are open, 913-576-7610. Call in. We're getting some good texts right now. But there's a lot going on, big plays last weekend, and we got a nice little guest coming up in the second second quarter as well as our, of our show. We either have guests in studio, former Chiefs, uh, or call in. Mm -hmm. And uh, today we're going to have a, a very, very special guest that will join us in the next quarter. So I'm excited about that. He actually played in the AFC Championship as well. Nice. And has a whole bunch of other accolades that we'll touch on when we introduce him. But, man, I'm just coming down from this weekend, and even it's Thursday. Yeah. And I got to get myself back up, uh, and it's going to be a little bit of a challenge kind of keeping my emotions intact. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure the guys feel the same way. Not exactly their emotions, but from a body standpoint. Yeah. When you go through a game like that, it you're super on you. exhausted. Mm -hmm. You're super tired afterwards. So around about today, Thursday, maybe tomorrow, they'll start getting their bodies and their legs back under them so they can go out and perform again this upcoming Sunday. And the good thing is, outside of Chris Jones, uh, the injury report is pretty much null and void. Yep. So everybody that was out there last week that experienced that high is going to be ready and raring to go, and hopefully we can get 95 back out there as well. He plays this week, right? He, he has to. He hasn't practiced all week. It's I mean, a muscle in the calf. You know how the, tricky those things can yeah, be. I it's do. not like you, know, you, can't, you can't shoot up. You can't, you know, uh, you only can take but so many uh Advil or Tylenol. I mean, it's just one of those things that has to work itself out. He needs to come see me. Hey, Chris, down at the Leia Center. If you're listening, man, come to the Leia Center. Come see me. Get in that cryo. Get in that cryotherapy chamber. We get, we got a massage for work you. We got out. some acupuncture for you, man. Look, you we gotta can get you ready. You got a hyperbaric chamber, and we have a hyperbaric chamber. See that oxygen tank, man. We got everything get you that need. Blood flowing. Absolutely. All right. Well, we get we're done with the first quarter. The second quarter will be coming up. We got a special guest. Used to wear number 68 around here. I just gave it away. It's going to be fun. And we're back. Second quarter, players only. Joe Mays. I am Danon Hughes. Real quick text before we get to our special guest from the 817. Is it Thursday already? Players only. Oh, yeah. I like that. Uh, I like it, too. We got a text from Each and every Thursday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got a text from the 913. Patrick Mahomes got pissed. The crowd was booing. So he opened up a can of whoop-ass on the Titans. <laughs> Beep! Yes. Yes. He did. He did. I mean, just 41 straight points. We're watching it on the NFL Network right now. But with no more uh, hesitation, man. we're going to get to our guest. Let's do it. My man was drafted with me back in 1993. Third round that year. Only had We didn't have a first and second round because they traded it for Joe Montana. He's an Outland Trophy winner. 14 years in the NFL, played in 224 games, Man. started 223 of them. 
did not miss a game his entire career, 12-time Pro Bowler and a Hall of Famer in 2015. My man, Will Shields. What's going on, Will? Not much, man. How you guys doing? Doing good, bro. You're down at the East-West Shrine game, trying to uh, give some tutelage to some of those young guys coming up, trying to make a splash in the NFL. How's that rolling? It's going real good, man. I got some good guys down here. You know, I'm sitting here staring at a East-West Shrine classic uh, pamphlet, or actually booklet, from 93. And I'm looking at this young kid from the East <laughs> named Danny Hughes. <laughs> He was slim back then. That cat was slim. Hey, do it say? Do it say dangerous? On the other side. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you were on the other side, weren't you? Yes, sir. I was on the west side. You were on the east. That's you right. Willie, yeah, Willie. Willie Rofe, yes. Willie Rofe, Rick Meyer. Y'all, y- y'all were stacked over there. I know. We had all the Miami guys too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, do, do his nickname say dangerous? <laughs> no, in the book, I, was, I wasn't dangerous then. I wasn't dangerous yet. Uh, okay. Well, uh, we appreciate you taking time, man, out of your busy schedule down there working with those young men. T- talk about this Chiefs team, man. I mean, I know you and I, we endured some some big-time highs and some big-time lows as players, and now we get to sit back and watch them from the stands. Uh, what's, your, what's your perspective of this team and where it is now? You know, I think they've made some strides during the year, especially going from last year to this year. Um, the defense has shown some great improvement. Um, I, I sort of was uh, ecstatic about the second half of the game last week because it sort of woke them up. It yeah. seems like they were sleepwalking for a long time, especially on the offensive side. And so it sort of put some pressure on them. They're like, hey, man, if we don't pull this off, we go home. And so it woke them up a little bit, and I, I'm hoping that they can carry that over to this game coming up because they'll need it. They'll, they'll, if they get this team a little further behind and get a keeper behind, then they should be just fine. I think that's one thing they have to come out and understand that they just can't, you know, score and try to mill around. They need to go ahead and, you know, put up quite a few so that, so that they don't have a chance to make a comeback, to sort of put it on, the, uh, on Tannehill's arm. Yeah. Yeah, so I know you're keeping a close a close eye on the O-line play. What's your thoughts on the O-line play so far? You know, O-line has been holding up pretty well. I'm glad we got some running game going a little bit last yeah. week. Uh, you know, the thing of it is is that you're going to have to keep trying. Keep keep giving them the chance to lean on them a little bit because if not, you know, as linemen, we get used to staying upright and sideways, so then we can't get down and behind our pads, so... You know, keep giving them opportunities to get down and behind their pads, some of that, you know, direct call play, things of that nature, so that, you know, take some pressure off, off Mr. Mahomes back there as well as, you know, uh, the other side of it. And I understand you got great weapons and use them as best as you can, as much as you can, um, but also use them smart. Hey, Will, now, you know, we see greatness in this team now. You and I played on some teams that flashed greatness I want you to kind of go back in in time. First, you started. We both played in that AFC Championship game in 1994. You your your career actually obviously extended longer than mine, where you played in 2003, the no punt game, and from that 90, basically from that 94 game season or that 94 playoff run, uh, you didn't experience much positive in the postseason. Go back to the yeah, we, AFC Championship game and your mindset from that game and, and your thoughts from there and then throughout the rest of your career. 
Well, you know, if you think about it, that was our rookie year, so the, the thought pattern was, is, wow, this is how it's supposed to be. You get the chance to play for, you know, a Super Bowl run, you're one game away, uh, you're fighting your way through it, and you're thinking, all right, well, this is how it's going to be for yep. the next, you know, <laughs> three, four, five years. You didn't know how long you were going to play, but you just assumed that that was natural. Um, but didn't understand all the guys you had in that huddle that also made that happen and made it a little easier for you to get there, even though it was a hard road. Um, and it's hard to put that, you know, lightning in the bottle over and over again until you get the right system, the right people, and the right belief and make sure that everybody's on the same page. And then in between there, we had some good pieces and, you know, some good pieces that we put around it, but we just couldn't get that lightning in the bottle again. And then in 2003, we hit it again for a little while. Um, and the part was is just making sure you finish, you know, finish yeah. what you started. Um, you know, you get up there, you start winning games, you start doing things, you sort of, uh, you know, drink the Kool-Aid a little bit and go, oh, we've arrived, we can do this and we can do that. You've always got to be that person pressing forward to be better and press everyone around you to be better. And I think that's the mentality that you have, and, and, and I think that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to press each other this week to make sure that they don't have any faults or step back so that they can get to that Super Bowl and get a chance to, to put that ring and bring it home to Kansas City. You know what, since we got you on, phone, on the phone, man, I want to know what is your keys for the Chiefs? I mean, and I know we haven't talked about this upcoming game just yet, but since you're on the phone, what's going to be the keys for the Chiefs to win this upcoming game? Well, I know one thing is that they're going to have they're going to they're going to show them multiple looks, multiple defenses. They're going to move guys in and out to try to get the offensive line to lead free runners. Uh, you know those kind of things. They're going to you know bring a lot off of that right side, bring them to our left. So our keys are to basically. Uh, run the ball a little bit here and there. Uh, make sure we use our weapons. Make sure we get uh, Kelsey involved in the game early. Get Tariq, you know, in the game early. Um, see how much they're going to double team or how much they're going to try to stay off of him. Um, but make sure that we, we mix and mingle the weapons really well. But, you know, instead of us and establish a little bit of a running game, we don't have to be, you know, blockbusters, yeah. but enough, enough to keep the, keep the D-line honest enough that our uh, offensive linemen, can get on them fast enough and get their hands on them. And, that, and that's what keeps for us, and, and make sure that we get the ball out quickly. Yeah, you, you made a great point, and, and a lot of people start begging, especially when you hear throughout, throughout our careers, throughout the, the NFL history, you got to be able to run the ball in January. you got to be able to run the ball and establish the run in the playoffs, in the postseason, in the cold. Well, you know as well, probably better than I do, You all the bigger than that is – you can't try to have a different identity in the postseason. And I think you made a great point where you do, this team passes the ball. Yep. They throw the ball to run. They don't run the ball to throw like we did back when we were playing for Marty. They still got to do that. And even though we're begging for a running game because there were times during the season that it was non-existent, yeah. you still you can't try to become something that you're not on the most important game that you're playing. And sometimes you can take that into account. You know, uh, a run could be just as well as a quick screen, a quick yep. draw, yep. Um, um, a long, you know, a long shovel pass is considered a run. You know, something that gets you that three or four yards, keep the de- defense honest so that they just can't tee off and basically see every time we're getting the ball at where it's going to go. Um, you know, as they say, you have to mix the, mix the deck up a little bit, and that's what the team is used and built for. And get our playmakers, in, you know, into position that they can get things done. 
um, a young guy that's going to have to have a big game for his heart. He's going to have to be able to show up and play some things. Not, uh, you know, I expect him to do that. We're going to have to expect Sammy to make big catches across the middle, make some things happen, because they're going to try to take certain people away. Yep. And when they do that, the rest of us have to step up and dominate. You know what? I'm, a, I'm not sure where you stand, but I'm a firm believer when it comes to time of possession. And I know this team that's coming in, they like they love to run the ball. I mean, yeah. the running back, he's averaging almost 200 yards rushing so far in the postseason, which, you know, I mean, it, it gives them the chance, the opportunity to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. What's your thoughts on that? What's your thoughts on the time of possession? Is that a huge deal? Do you see that as something uh, where it can make or break a team? You know, it depends on what you are. And they're built for that. That's what they're built is to keep you off the uh, – keep you out. And then when they do, hey, let's get – three or four plays and try to get them back off the field so we can hold the ball as long as you can. If you go out and you strike on them and you hit them three or four times, uh, you know, down the field, get, get up, get, you know, get up two touchdowns or three touchdowns. Hey, they're not built for that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, is we got to strike and we get a chance. We can't sit around and wait and try to dink and dunk and keep the ball out of their hands. Our offense has to be that, be what it is. Just score when you can score. And then on the other end, Slow it down when you can after you get up enough to make them have to sort of go to what they're not good at. I mean, not good at. I wouldn't say go for what they're they're not built for. Yeah. Not, hey, let me let me pass and try to catch up. Yeah, you got to get them out of their game plan. Yeah. Mike Vrabel uh, is a guy that seems. Did you play with Mike? Uh, played against him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I get... was, he, he wasn't here. He wasn't. He uh, wasn't he here yet. Here okay. Yeah. But uh, he he seems to be a guy that is as good as anyone at staying dedicated to his game plan. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how we saw teams beat us this year. Uh, That's how we saw the Ravens lose games this year. When they wanted uh, Lamar Jackson to throw the ball for 50-plus times, guess what? They lost because that's not their identity. But even I can envision that the Tennessee Titans get down by 14 points and they're still running the ball, still at their game plan because, heck, we were up down there when we played we were up double digits and they still stuck to their game plan but and i want to see if you you agree with me will we got a 188 yards running uh by derrick henry against us two touchdowns got a a scoop and score on defense a blocked field goal a muffed field goal at the end and we still only lost by three points my point is, is that there's a lot. We're watching the NFL Network. You're hearing a lot of analysts and so on talk about stop Derek, stop Derek. I almost feel like it's like the Michael Jordan rule. You know, not saying we would let him get a hundred plus, but if he does, he got 188 against us, and we were a field goal away, and we had the ball with less than two minutes, up nine points. We had the game won. We gave it away. Do you feel like it's not essential to stop him? It's just essential to, to make sure that he doesn't run away with the game? I, I think that's, that is the key. The key is basically saying, look, he's, he's going to get yards. I mean, he has, you know, nobody's totally stopped him yet in the last you know, five or six games that he's been healthy, the games he's played in. So what you have to look at it as, you know, the question is, can we clean up the mistakes we made when we were down there mm-hmm. that makes a big difference in the game? And all you have to do is say, if we can do those little things, then it should be just fine. Plus, bringing them to Arrowhead, you know, bringing them to our house should make a, a big difference also. So that, that should be the two, two things that you sort of worry about and work your way through. Um, you know, clean up those mistakes and do those other things, and, and you should be okay. 
Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you, Will, taking time out, man. I know it's a blast down there being able to pay it forward with those youngsters that have aspirations of, of having a career like yours uh, unfolded with, here in Kansas City. So paying it forward, iron, and sh- iron sharpening iron down there, and I know they can appreciate it, and I, I, I respect you for all that you do in Kansas City, 68 sports out here in Lenexa, being a mentor to current players that are on the Chiefs roster and doing it even to college athletes. So, man, so great family man, his wife and kids, and and you've done it well, man. You should be proud. Hall of Famer indeed. I'm I'm, I'm having a blast, and that's a good thing. And, you know, check us out on Saturday because I think we got some special talented guys that might show some things. So if you want to get a prequel prequel of what's happening next day, I got some big boys that should be able to get it done. All right. We're going to do that, man. Well, thanks a lot, Will. All right, now take it easy. All right. No problem. Much appreciate Will coming on. We are upon halftime, players only. We're going to talk about some AF championship moments and, you know, what we think about this game and the emotion that's going to be involved in this weekend. There was a, a, a bevy of emotions last week, but I think the emotions are going to be tightened down a little bit more this weekend. It's a special moment, a special few days left here in Kansas City. I think everybody's ready. Welcome back to the Players Only Show, everybody. We're over here reading uh, some text from the text line. I'm reading one from A16. Someone said, get Sean Smith on the show. I know he's down, said so on Twitter when I asked him why he hasn't been on the show. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't mind having him on the show. No, not at all. Yeah, I wouldn't mind talking to him about, you know, back. And, and we could rewind all when the way tried to, to 2010 you? where he tried to punk me when I played for the Broncos. I'm, I'm going to talk to him about that. That's if he remembers. Uh, speaking of the Broncos, we got one from the 816. Danun. You were just in the barbershop together. Shout out to the barber, Strick, who happens to be a Bronco fan. Uh, it makes me sick to even mention that. <laughs> but he said Henry will get 100-plus yards because he's going to get 25 carries. Again, I'll go back to my last comment. So, he had 188 yeah. with two touchdowns, and they only beat us by three, and we gave him the game in the last two minutes. Yeah. So, I, I'm not saying he's not going to be good. I'm not saying he hasn't had a great season, 1,540 yards. But... He's going to get his. We don't need to be focused so much on him, stopping him that they run some trick plays. They do a, a He did a jump pass last week for a touchdown pass. Yep. I can, you can envision reverses, play action, deep balls. We can't get so focused on 22 that we forget all the other responsibilities we got on the field. And you know what? They got great coaching going on over there with, with, uh, with Coach Vrabel. I mean, yep. he's a former player. You know, he's a guy that know, that's been in all type of big games and he's played with – or play for uh, one of the best coaches uh, in Bill Belichick. And that brings me to my point with us having a great coach in Coach Reed. I mean, I talked about it earlier uh, in the show. You know, you want to have a coach that's cool, calm, collected. Um, he's knowledgeable. He's been there. He's done that. There's no situation that he can put his team or his team can be put in that he hasn't already handled. I think that's going to be huge in this game. I mean, of course, you're playing against the young up-and-coming coach who has a lot of things up his sleeve. Um, you know, he has something to prove. And he's he's showing that he's the leader of men and bringing and bringing the team um, all together to play this far in the, in the postseason. But I think when it comes to this game, I think we got the coach that's gonna that's gonna take us to the Super Bowl and not only take us but win it. What you think? Well, you know what I had the fortunate, the true blessing throughout my life to play for Hall of Fame great coaches. Yep. Hayden Fry at the University of Iowa. The offensive coordinator was Bill Snyder. Uh, 
the multiple other assistant coaches that went on, the Stoops brothers, went on and did great things at the college ranks. Yeah. My baseball coach at Iowa, Dwayne Banks, the field is named after him, a great coach, a Hall of Fame type of coach. Come here, play for Marty Schottenheimer, another Hall of Fame caliber coach. I was around not only just great X's and O type of coaches, but the one thing that jumped out that kind of ties into what you're saying about Andy, and you played for Andy yeah, they, in he Philadelphia. Drafted he drafted, he drafted you. Yep. Is that when you know that there's a coach that cares about you as a man, not just as another jersey, but as a man. You hear the saying, I'll run through a brick wall. Yeah. You run through a brick wall that's backed up by another brick wall for that guy because he respects you as a man, especially when everybody wants to, even myself now, referring to these guys as kids, yeah. you know, spoiled. You hear all the different adjectives that are thrown out there about athletes because they make a lot of money and you walk in and you know somebody cares about you and marty used to cry and dick Vermeil and all those guys used to cry in front of us and it's like it meant something mm -hmm. and so when you go out on the field on sunday yeah you're playing for your teammates you're playing for your city you're playing for the opportunity to to reach your goal but you are looking at that head man like i can't let that dude down yeah and that's kind of the vibe that i get with this chief's team you can speak to it better because you actually played for Andy, but he ha he gives off that kind of aura like, you know what, I, if I lose, I want to put my head down because I don't even want to look at him in the eye right. because he's that kind of figure to me, and that's how Marty was to me and all those other great coaches. Yeah, you know what, you have coaches in the NFL, you know, you have a lot of coaches that's just like, you know, they're it's, it's a dictatorship. Yeah. You know, you do what they say, you don't do anything different, and if you do, you're gone. Uh, with Andy – he brings players in and allows them to play their style of game within his system. And I think that's... And allows them, to, uh, and, not to interrupt you, but yeah. allows them to be the personalities that they are. Exactly. He doesn't try to change anyone. He doesn't try to limit anyone to playing the game a certain way. It's the reason why you're on this team. You bring a certain aspect to the team, and he wants you to bring that day in and day out. He allows you to be who you are. He allows you to play the way that you love to play. And he allows you to do whatever you want to do as long as it's within the scheme, um, you know, that that's put forth. So, you know, to play for that guy and, and to not, not only that, we have a bunch of players on the team already that will run through a brick wall just because of how excited they is to play the game of yeah, football. That's yeah. what it looks like. Yeah, but, you know, fun. to have the amazing coaching behind it, he's going to show you or, you know, be able to tell you how to run through that brick wall to where you're not going through by yourself and you're not going to hurt yourself or do anything to hurt the team. And and he's the lead guy. So, you yeah. know, we're, we're talking about Andy Reid and, and his figure, his position with this organization. But there's more. I mean, you got Brett Veach. You got Clark Hunt, the Hunt family, Norma Hunt. Uh, you know, there's so many levels that it means something to these guys. I mean, I, I, I've been fortunate to travel with the team to Denver this year. I've seen the interaction with the owner and the players. It's not like he's standoffish. He's engaged. Yep. He's, you know, he's not much older than uh, than myself. I mean, he's he's right in that same range and and um I just feel like this is going to this game means more. Yeah. It just means more than just your championship. And I mentioned earlier I was on the show with Carrington and I said I'm I think there's going to be more tears than cheers in the stadium. I think you know, I, I felt the onus for me personally. I feel like there's a weight on my shoulder because I forced this Chiefs kingdom to go through some great times but go through some miserable times mm. too. 
And I, I started listing them. You know, the 94 AFC Championship, the 96 Colts playoff game, the 13-3, and multiple 13-3 and teams, one or two seeds, and getting ousted in the playoffs. Then you have the 2003 game where Will was talking about. Yep. You have the debacle last year with the, the four inches from a Super Bowl with D. Ford. Even going back a few years with when Andy Reid first got here and we played the Pittsburgh Steelers and the bogus call on Eric Fisher on the holding penalty as we were driving the field to, to try to tie the game or go ahead with a two-point conversion. There's been drops Drops after drops and negative after negative for a great organization with an outstanding fan base. They deserve it. Oh, absolutely. They deserve it. And I know it's going to be an emotional game for me to watch and witness, But and I don't know how I'm going to react. I don't know how I'm going to compose myself if and when there's that AFC champs on the scoreboard and Lamar Hunt trophy is passed to his son on the field. That's going to be amazing. I, I I won't be able to speak. I know it will not be about cheers to me, and I'm sure there will be people, because they've embraced this organization decades. It's been 50 years. True fans. And, um, you know, I, we talk about Andy Reid and his impact with these players, but I know that those guys feel the same way about the Chiefs kingdom and the fans. They know that you guys are – the impact of every single game, the 12th man at Arrowhead, mm-hmm. they want you guys to come out and, and be as loud and obnoxious as you were before and have faith in them. And if they can get it done, that place will erupt. And, and you know what? Coach Reed, he talks about you know the fans and the fans being a part of the game. He always brings that up. I remember being in the locker room with, with him when I was here. And he always talked about the fans here in Kansas City. You know, mm-hmm. the, the fans were the one of the one of the reasons why he came to coach the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. And, you know, to have the fans backing him no matter what's going on because he didn't have that in Philadelphia. Those fans, you know, whenever he had a losing or, you know, lost the game, they were ready to ship him out. But here, people understand that you don't win every single game as long as you're continuing to, to you know, get after it and be consistent and stay, and stay the course. You know, anything can happen. And that's been his go-to the whole entire career that he's been coaching. And and he's the epitome of class. Absolutely. And, and I Absolutely. say that, and you, you've heard me say this before, and I've said it on air. To me, the biggest test, outside of winning, and, and even sometimes not even in winning, the biggest test of what kind of man you have leading your organization is after the game, the handshake at midfield. How other coaches embrace your coach. Yep. And you never, ever see a slight. No. given to Andy, and you never see Andy give anybody else a slight. We went through the Todd Haley's of no handshakes and side and the arguments at, at, at midfield and mm-hmm. the classless way of, of handling those kind of interactions. We see that. We've seen uh, you know, coaches chase other coaches down yes. uh, in tunnels <laughs> and, and coaches chasing down officials. And you got a class act in Andy Reid that yeah. stands at the podium every week multiple times. Uh, stands in front of a bunch of men, opens up his heart, you know, embraces his family, walking up the tunnel after the game and doing everything right. He deserves to get over this hump, just like the Chiefs' uh, kingdom deserves for them to get over the hump. So, man, I'm amped. If you can't tell, I'm amped. We're coming to the fourth quarter. This might be the first time ever I'm Almost happy that the show is over because when the show gets over, that means we're closer to Sunday. Yep, that's true. And we're closer to an AFC championship here in Kansas City. So I'm ready to rock and roll. We're going to talk about 
this uh, upcoming matchup and the preview against with this game and add a little bit more to what Will Shields talked about earlier. And we're back. It's the fourth quarter, the last quarter before the AFC Championship comes upon us in just a few days. We got a text from the 785. I envy you men. I served 12 years in the Army National Guards, Armor Tanks, Commander. It was your 90s squad through 2000s that kept me going those cold weekends from home. We appreciate your service, brother. Thank you so much. Glad we could entertain you and keep your spirits high during those times. Yeah, and we got another text from another 785 number saying that they hope they hope that they carry Andy off like they did Hank Strong. Oof. Don't get me going. I mean, I, we're going too far now. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, it, it, yes, I hope they do too. Oh, man. They, they're going to need the whole team too, but so what? <laughs> it'll be the first time Andy being swept off, like literally swept, swept off, off his, his feet. feet. Yeah. I think it'll be worth it. Yeah. Okay, we got a caller, and we got to get to him quick. Hal and Topeka talking about storming the field. What's up, Hal? Hey, what's going on, buddy? I just had a question. You know, I've been a fan since the Steve DeBerg era, and I was just curious if you guys think it'd be appropriate as Chief fans if we stormed the field if we won on Sunday. Do you think it would be uh, well worth it? <laughs> I, I, worth I, can't, it? I can't. I don't know if we can endorse that, but I don't think that anybody will be upset if it happens outside of security. But, yeah. I mean, other than that, I say me? run through him. Run through the security. <laughs> hey, go on the field. That's Joe May. Yeah, I mean, look. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I said it. I mean, and the Chief and the Chiefs fans, they deserve to be able to run out there on the field and and celebrate the the win with the team because they very much a big part of. Hey, it. Hey, man, I, I just I can't even picture the the I can't even picture the 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 excitement and the, just the just everything that's happening at Arrowhead Stadium at approximately five thirty six o'clock on Sunday evening if they're able to take home that win. We had uh, Big Al on the line. He was talking about uh, a special player, me. Hey, we got to hey, go to those hey, guys hey, that talk about me. Uh-oh. Yeah, man, why not? I said, hell, I watched you, all you guys. I'm, I'm in my mid-50s, right? So I was listening. I'm cruising down I-70 back to KC here, and, and I thought, man, that was a heck of a speech that you just gave in reference to all the past players and – it reminded me of standing in those stands for 25 plus years, watching all the Marty Schottenheimer games and the, you know, Neil Smith, James Hasty hit, Jerron yep. Cherry, all the all you players that tried your asses off to to win for this city, and I'm proud of you guys for doing that. I I don't blame you for a bit for being emotional, and I I think I believe this is our year, guys, or this is our time. We're going to win Sunday and get to the Super Bowl. We're going to bring that trophy back. So I I do want to tell you, though, man, appreciate all your y'all's hard work for all those years you guys tried and came up short. But it, it, it'll it all be worth it, I think, in the next few weeks. Man, oh, man, lot, will man. it be, man. We appreciate you being a dedicated fan, lifelong fan. And, you know, hopefully we can bring that extra smile and maybe even some tears this Sunday evening. We yes. appreciate you, brother. And safe travels. Yeah, man. Well, we got this game. We already talked – Pretty much the most most of the show about this matchup, so I don't even know if we can recap more of a preview. What is uh, we'll go to? Uh, what what do you think the score is going to be? Your prediction? You know what? I don't I don't I don't I'm not I'm not really good at predicting what a score is going to be. All I know is that we're going to come out victorious, and I think that's going to be extra. That's the most important part of it, and you know, part of going into you know us getting that win 
it's not necessarily focused on Derrick Henry and how many rushing yards he yeah. get. Because at the end of the day, he can have 200 rushing yards, no TDs, and we can still beat them. Yeah. So yeah. we're not going to put too much energy towards that and more so more energy towards what we can do uh, to, make a, to make them play at our level. Yeah, and I, you know what I was concerned? You go back to last game, uh, the first play of the game, I broke it down on uh, Spectrum Sports last night. The first play of the game was a bubble screen, insignificant one-yard gain to DeAndre Hopkins. The first touchdown was a play off of that same bubble screen, same formation. So they, they saw something on film. They tried it on the first play of the game. It wasn't designed to go for a big gain. It was designed to set up the touchdown and exactly what happened. So if you got a chance to look back in your DVR or look at those plays, see how identical those plays are and how they caught the Chiefs off guard, we can't afford those kind of surprises no. in this game. Fundamentally sound, tough, hard-nosed, tackling, don't worry about the ground being icy, hit Derrick Henry right between the twos on his jersey, and we will be shooting streamers and fireworks all Sunday night. 35-21 is my prediction. Nostradanian has spoken. Do we say mistake-free football or do... I don't, hey, <laughs> I don't care how many mistakes they make, we make, as long as we make one less than they make. There we go. And we got more points on the board than they have. Exactly. Well, players only, we are out. We appreciate everybody. Will Shields calling in. All the fans, we want to bring something special to you this weekend and be back for you next Thursday. Joe Mays and myself in the house. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. This is Players Only. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.